This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Hopefully you already know that Wisconsin is a great place to live and a great place to visit. But for the people who haven't figured that out yet, the Wisconsin Department of Tourism is doing its best to get them here to check it out. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about state government and politics in Wisconsin. Sarah Meany is the secretary-designee for the state's tourism department. She was appointed by Governor Tony Evers and is awaiting Senate confirmation. I sat down with her recently in the Travel Wisconsin offices to learn more about how the tourism department markets Wisconsin, what's going well, and where there's room to grow. That's coming right up. Thank you, Sarah, for having me here at the Department of Tourism Happy office. Happy to have you. I did not actually realize uh, where you guys were located. Well, great. Stop in any time. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably one of the more fun state agency offices in terms of, like, the waiting room. There's all, this, <laughs> all these brochures and books and mm-hmm. things to do. Um, and I noticed there's a Wisconsin bucket list book in the mm-hmm. waiting room. Just one it's of what my we sell, podcast questions. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell me what a tourism secretary does. Ah, well, it's a great question. Well, Well, I see the role as being the quarterback for the strategy of the tourism industry. Um, Tourism is, without question, a very important economic development driver in our state. third largest industry when you look at it as a a whole. So we have a lot of things that we need to be thinking about. We have strategies we need to be putting in place, and we need to have um, people in agreement. And, and on the same page when it comes to where are we going and how are we going to get there. So I think of it as the quarterback or the CEO of the tourism industry for the state. Great. Are you like a Brett Favre quarterback or an Aaron Rodgers quarterback? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I think I'm more of an Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would not prefer because, that at this point. Not but that there's anything wrong with Brett. No, of course not. But, no, <laughs> that I would think, be the, the proper answer, mm-hmm, I think, in this day and mm-hmm. age. Yeah. So you've got a a background in marketing and uh, an extensive one at that. So what was the pathway to get you from that field to uh, state government? Uh, We probably are going to need some popcorn for this one. Um, Actually, you know, I think of life as a winding road. And sometimes, you know, you you, you make choices in your career because they're the right choices to make at that time. And then you realize and you look back and you go, wow. That makes even more sense now than it did when I was going through it. Um, so it, it really kicked off at the time when I was, um, well, first of all, I went to Madison and sure. I was a science major, um, pre-med, in fact, and I was an EMT, wow. uh, a volunteer EMT uh, on the side. And um, so I tend to really dig into the numbers and data and the proof and the, the story behind what facts and information tell us. Uh, but I also tend to be very human-oriented, and I majored in psychology mm-hmm. as the specific major. So human behavior and what drives people and what motivates people to do what they do is a very logical extension and connection to marketing. So as my career, you know, different uh, job opportunities came in front of me, I started my career in sales. 
uh, and was a sales trainer, uh, which also has to do with how to you how do you work with people to understand what it is they need and how you can deliver a solution for them, which is very very connected to what what it is we need to do. But ultimately, it, it really kicked into high gear when a business partner and I started our own agency. Uh, and uh, it was at a time when social media was just starting to kick into gear. And in fact, Facebook didn't even have brand pages at the oh, time. Wow. Twitter yeah. was just up and running. And frankly, I was in a role where my focus was in public relations, and I was working with a major uh, corporation as a client. And we were finding that journalists were using Twitter to actually find their next leads and their next storylines, and yeah. were looking for resources through that. And we saw that as being a budding opportunity, and we... we we launched and it took off and it, it grew very quickly. So um, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So sometimes projects are just like another startup and other times they're very uh, established and um, uh, mature businesses that need some tweaking here and there. I see the job that I have here as being a perfect combination of both of those. We have a really, really strong foundation. The tourism industry in Wisconsin is alive and well, and we've seen steady growth over the course of many years. I do see opportunities to build on those strengths, and you know, some of those things, like a startup opportunity, like the Office of Outdoor Recreation, builds an opportunity to pull those things together and really make the most of all of our strengths while taking advantage of opportunities at the same time. So, you know, marketing is a combination of human psychology, motivation, behavior, uh, and a little bit of science and art at the same time. I mean, the opportunity to market Wisconsin to the rest of the world is a pretty cool job, I would think. <laughs> uh, man, you know, when I was given the opportunity, uh, it's definitely one of those things where you look at and you say, you don't say no to a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity like that. And I'm honored, uh, and I'm also really, really proud of the work that I and the team have already done so far. So it's something where I get to look, you know, get up every day and say, uh, you know, pinch myself and say, uh, I really get to do this, and this is really pretty great. Yeah. So you mentioned Tourism Wisconsin has had pretty steady growth over the last mm-hmm. eight or nine years. Um, what's been going right? Is that a natural thing? What was the department already doing mm-hmm. that, that's been working? And um, what's the kind of the, the situation as you walk into this role? Well, sure, sure. Well, first and foremost, Wisconsin is a really, really great product. Um, and that is the result of the tourism industry all throughout the state already. Yeah. Um, people work very hard. They're very dedicated. And they love they love their home, uh, and it shows. Wisconsin hospitality also doesn't hurt. The fact that when people come here, they may have underestimated what Wisconsin has to offer, and they show up, they have an amazing time, and they're surprised and delighted. Uh, so first and foremost, the product and the people are already in place that have been doing a great job all along. Um, the department itself has put a lot of structures in place that I think are really smart. Um, you know, the brand is consistently and has been consistently about fun. Fun is something, you know, everyone can sink their teeth into it. It means something different to everyone. So I think there's kind of a broad appeal there. Uh, and, at, you know, at the same time, we also can look to our competition and look at national trends and say, how do we take what's already strong and going really well and identify what opportunities there are to grow and, and add to what might be um, something that we can beef up a little bit. So what we've done is looked at that. We've looked at our competition. We've looked at national trends. We've looked at best practices. Uh, and we put those in place in order to say, where can we go next? So, yeah, what is Wisconsin's competition? Ah, well, the states to the east and west who shall not be named <laughs> uh, certainly have um, 
to an untrained consumer eye, a very comparable offering in topography, sure. you know, similar seasons, um, Midwest hospitality. We all know Wisconsin's the best. However, you know, if, if you want to talk to a further geographic audience or a broader geographic audience or frankly, you know, a new and expanding growth opportunity audience, we need to know what it is that differentiates ourselves. Uh, we have over 15,000 lakes. Nearly half the state is covered in forest. Outdoor recreation is a top driver of visits to our state. And as compared to our neighbors and in the Midwest in general, Wisconsin's outdoor recreation offering ranks among the highest in perceived quality of the experience. And it's about knowing what we're great at and finding our swagger and translating that into people's interest and aspiration in taking a really, really great vacation. Swagger. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the opportunities that you're looking at for for growth and improvement? That's great. Well, outdoor recreation, like Mm -hmm. I just mentioned, is a really huge opportunity. We're at a really um, interesting time nationwide when it comes to what outdoor recreation um, presents as growth. The outdoor recreation industry is growing faster than the U.S. GDP. It tells us a lot about how people are spending their dollars and their time. Recreation could not be more important to building um, you know, strong and healthy communities, and I mean that quite literally and figuratively. Communities that play together, do well together and work well together, and people who play together are healthier in and of themselves. Wisconsin's natural resources are incredibly high quality. Uh, We have an opportunity to do even more uh, as stewards. So as we bring more people to the state, we also have to be aware of what that means to our natural environment and be responsible for uh, what that means as we use it more. Uh, But that also means we have an opportunity to tell more people about Wisconsin in the context of outdoor recreation. We do know that people who've never been to Wisconsin frankly don't have much of an opinion at all. Or if they do, it's generally positive and limited to a couple of high points. And you can probably guess what some of those things are. And while those are really nice and true and part of our heritage, uh, it also means it's a very limited understanding of what's relevant to them. Our job is to take what matters to the audiences we're trying to reach, make our offering relevant to them, and make it so compelling that they can't stay away. Are there particular audiences that you are trying to reach more than others or that aren't coming that that should be coming to Wisconsin? Well, you bet. So our our research and our competitors' research Mm -hmm. uh, tells us that Wisconsin uh, has fallen behind in attracting younger visitors as well as visitors of diversity. Um, And what that means is, in addition to who we are already popular with, which is um, we know that our our core uh, base visitor continues to come back year over year and you know again and again and they love what it is we do but we have an aging population Mm -hmm. Uh, there are a lot of folks who have money to spend and friends family kids all who if they know about Wisconsin uh, would be a lot more likely to come here and spend their dollars here so um, what it tells us is that we've fallen behind our Midwestern competition both in younger visitors and uh, diverse visitors and we've also fallen behind the nation's average in all of those categories as well so that to us that says there's an opportunity there we can do more there uh, and that doesn't mean we have to abandon what we already are great at it means and not or sure so I mean if you think about areas that we would assume are popular for tourism Mm -hmm. Madison Milwaukee Door County 
what parts of the state are not haven't had their stories told as much, or, or you know, what oh, are some of the lesser known hidden gems for tourism? In well, tourism is really important in all seventy two counties, mm-hmm. and even as I talk of younger and more diverse travelers, um, I think some people immediately say, "Oh, well, you know, you're talking about our urban centers." Well, that's not that's not actually accurate at yeah. all. We have, we have data that tells us um, a lot about how people first enter our state. For example, if they arrive through a major urban corridor, uh, we have data that tells us exactly where else they went and how much time they spent in oh. all those other places. It turns out people who arrive into Milwaukee, for example, at the airport, we have a map that ends up being so full of dots of where they visited as a result of entering through Milwaukee, that it ends up being nearly a solid map. So the, wow. the point really is, the takeaway is, people enter a state through whatever point they do, and then they spend time uh, uh, going to what it is that they wanted to experience in the first place. Our Northwoods experience is sort of the classic storyline, the heritage storyline that we have. Mm-hmm. But outdoor recreation, again, is a top driver. And there's outdoor recreation in all 72 counties. So whether that is in winter and it's snowmobiling or cross-country skiing uh, or snowshoeing or ice fishing, we also have summer, whether it's surfing on our incredible Great Mm -hmm. Lakes uh, or sailing or fishing or camping. Um, There's a wide variety of things for people of all ages uh, and people looking for what Wisconsin has to offer other people that we are looking to talk to more. So you've mentioned a couple times uh, that you're pretty data-driven and it sounds like you have really interesting data available to you to make decisions with. Um, How does the department use data to develop a strategy and and learn more about who comes to Wisconsin? Oh, that's a great question. I love talking about data. (laughs) Um, So, well, I'm going to tell it in the form of a story. Uh, When I first started the job, uh, certainly it's sort of like digging in. You're doing a little bit of an assessment of where we are, where are we going, what do we know, what do we not know, um, and come to some, you know, okay, here's what we need to learn more about. Um, And I ask for all the reports, all the data. i got to dig through it and understand what it is we know and what we don't know. Um, And by looking at what our research and our competitions research and best practices and industry research tells us, we can say, all right, the things that we already have in place in this category are great, keep them running. Mm -hmm. These over here, let's look into and see if we can make any tweaks or, or changes to making them more efficient. I mean, we have to look at metrics on every level. When we look at how impactful we are, we look at kind of four levels of a consumer's movement through becoming aware of Wisconsin to telling everyone how great Wisconsin is, right? So awareness to consideration to actual visitation to advocacy. We have different metrics to tell us how well we're doing all along that path. So we keep an eye on all of those. If someone's never heard of or very low awareness of Wisconsin, we're certainly going to be sharing a different level of message and a different detail of message than if it's somebody who very clearly lives nearby, has been here before. We need to give them all the reason to come back next weekend and the weekend after that, um, you know, or come back a different season than they usually did. So there's both high level and very detailed tactical um, data that we can use in order to convert people from whatever stage of consideration they're in. We also have to give them tools to tell everyone they know about how great Wisconsin is. Great. So, I mean, this ability to, to like, track, like, where people are coming in the state, it seems sort of, like, big brothery, but cool big brothery. Yeah. I mean, like, wh- how much information do you have about people when they come into the state and where well, they go? Well, it actually, I mean, big brother certainly makes it sound a lot more uh, nefarious than it is. Exactly. We, we partner with an organization <laughs> called Arrivalist. Okay. Arrivalist works with um, destination marketing organizations all over the country and all over the world. They have a massive data set of 
basically digital um, devices that they gain access through cellular providers. What, what it does tell us and what it doesn't tell us, so there's two different things, mm -hmm. what it does tell us is device received ad, ad said X, device arrived in state, device went to the following places and spent this much time. Cool. Okay. What it doesn't tell us, because a device doesn't tell us this, is who are they, how old are they, you know, what demographic information there is. There are partners, there are also other partners who have more specific data like that. What you have to do is kind of come up with the best net of data yeah. through data partners, all of which costs money, <laughs> um, through those data partners to tell you enough about your impact and enough about your visitors, enough about your targets to make really well-informed decisions and adjust to continue to be uh, impactful or more impactful over time. So Big Brother, maybe not, but it, you know, it certainly is that way. A cell tower knows where our, our phone is at all times, uh, and that's exactly how those types of things happen. It's really useful for us to know what rate of people being served up digital ads end up actually coming to the state. Yeah. Now, we don't know why they came to the state. We don't know if they were here on a business trip or if they mm -hmm. were visiting grandma uh, or if they were driving through or, you know, picking up cheese curds. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, we have other data sets that tell us a lot more about that. A separate data set called Longwoods International tells us specific information through more of a survey format of each of our data or each of our visitors, who they are, why they came, what did they do, what did they spend, um, a whole set of mm -hmm. data that way. So what you have to do is kind of layer those things sure. and say, we know this from here, we know this from over here, that tells us a bit about what we should know. And as a result, what are we doing well? What do we need to do more? It's pretty cool. I mean, mm -hmm. our technology knows everything about us anyway, mm -hmm. so to be able to take that information and actually mm -hmm. make use of it is right. uh, The only thing technology is not great at doing is predicting human decision-making behavior. Sure. <laughs> we can set up the situation to make everybody want to do the thing that we want them to do, mm -hmm. uh, but human motivation is primarily emotional. So we know that advertising is most effective when it first appeals to emotion mm -hmm. and then follows up with logic. So you wanna feel like this? This is where you need to go and here's how easy it is to get there or here's how affordable it is to be here or here's all the reasons why you should get here. And that's that's the science and art mixture yeah. between inspiring and aspiring and actually converting people to take action. There's that science background. <laughs> yeah, there it yeah. is. That's where I nerd out. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. So tell me a little bit about the Outdoor Recreation Department. This is new. It sounds yes. very cool. It's brand um, new. What, what, is it, what does it do? What, what does it look like? It, what does it do? Uh, well, it exists for the following four reasons. We call them kind of the pillars. One is... Uh, uh, economic development. So job creation for Wisconsinites as well as business attraction. I mean, we already have a really great base of businesses whose products and services uh, live in the outdoor recreation space. I mean, you could probably name off the top of your head a couple of brands from the state uh, that, that are in the state that already do that. And the people who work for those companies likely work for those companies because of the lifestyle that can afford them. Sure. But there are more companies like that and more people like that who we could bring to the state of Wisconsin because we are an outdoor recreation friendly and advocate, um, you know, state. So 
you know, economic development. Second, visitors. We already know people come here because of outdoor recreation. If we continue to focus on outdoor recreation as one of the leading pieces of our tourism industry and our economy, we can tell more people about it and convince more people to come here. Stewardship and conservation. When you have more people coming to the state using your natural resources, you have to be able to continue to maintain, sustain, and care for those resources if you want that economic development to continue. And then of course, community health and wellness. So I mentioned before communities that play together, you know, mm -hmm. uh, actually stay together. It's true, but there are also health care industry positive impacts of communities that actually have uh, really successful outdoor recreation strategies and plans in place. Um, people are healthier when they are more active. That brings healthcare outcomes, makes healthcare outcomes more positive, and healthcare costs can come down. We've seen through models in other states that have come before us with outdoor recreation offices that this is possible, and this is certainly a good outcome for everyone. Uh, so those are the four core activities. Now, how are we going to do that? We are going to bring together the stakeholders from government, non-government, nonprofit, for-profit manufacturers, user groups, trail groups, municipalities, local uh, government organizations, and individuals, uh, and, and identify what those priorities and strategies can be, and then pull together the people to get more of those things done. Um, we've seen those successes in other states. We know what those best practices are. And in fact, the offices of outdoor recreation throughout the country are highly collaborative and want to see and continue to work together to ensure that outdoor recreation as an industry nationally can thrive. So while it's a competitive advantage for Wisconsin to do this, it is not a particularly competitive industry when everyone is going after the same thing, which is those four pillars sure. of people, economic development, uh, you know, conservation and stewardship of our, you know, land and water and uh, healthy communities. Okay. So those those resources and people are highly collaborative and we're really excited about it. So um, a lot of interest, certainly bipartisan interest has been really positive. Yeah. Uh, and getting all those folks together and agreeing on what do we do next is exactly what comes up. Yeah. Uh, bipartisan is a good trigger to get us into the politics of this whole position, which uh, state government, the fun part about state government is that you have to deal with politics sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're going through the confirmation process. How are you navigating the process? I think Senator Fitzgerald said a storm is brewing recently about just general uh, mm -hmm. secretary confirmation. Um, and you're, you're one of the ones who still has to be confirmed. Is there anything left for you to do? Or does it just kind of sit and wait for the Senate to take the vote? Well, my job is pretty clear. My job is drive economic development through tourism. It's bring more people to the state and get them to spend more dollars. And that's exactly what we're focused on. So the strategic plan uh, that we put in place uh, very early on in the beginning of my tenure uh, involved the tourism industry from across the state. They all came to the table and said, we're looking for leadership, support, and guidance in you know best practices for marketing, best practices for branding, and, and the tourism industry and economy itself. It's clear to me what I need to continue to do, which is exactly what I continue to stay focused on. It's my job to make sure that team stays focused on that. It's my job to make sure that the industry can remain focused on that. And the results speak for themselves. We've seen incredible impact in a very short period of time. We're seeing increased activity. We're seeing increased intent to travel uh, and increased awareness metrics. So I'm confident that the results speak for themselves and that the work that I'm doing and that my team is doing are the right things to continue to be doing. And I mean, ultimately, I'm not a politician. I don't know how to predict what happens next. I just know that 
if I'm doing my job well, the impact itself is going to speak for itself. So speaking of early impacts and metrics, I know that you know there are some things that come out yearly that, that you wait on mm-hmm. that you probably don't have yet, um, but can you point to some yeah, things that have um, gone well so far? Yeah, so even if we start from the very beginning, I mean, strategic planning was one of the first things out of the gate. I would consider that a very important success factor. The engagement of the industry itself in that and how that got us to a place where we all agree on what are the priorities. What are the, you know what are the what are the ways we're going to achieve what we need to achieve and everyone's behind that that's great um, you know we also gained support from the joint finance committee for the first tourism budget increase in nearly a decade um, that speaks to the support uh, and interest in seeing tourism continue to succeed um, bipartisan support for the office of outdoor recreation is another uh, really great thing that I'm very proud of uh, and then in the first nine months alone. We have seen more than double the last three years average growth rate in arts, entertainment, and recreation taxable sales. Wow. Yeah. Why so, is that happening? Do you know what Why is that? Yeah. Well, why is, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, the answer is, the answer is we know that to be a very strong indicator of increase in activity and in spending. Unless you alone, Jesse, are spending you know, hundreds of times what you usually spend, a statewide <laughs> increase of that rate means there's increased spending and increased activity. That's yeah. one really great indicator that what we're doing is having a positive impact. We're also seeing awareness and intent to travel indicators are up. Now, what does that mean? What do we look at to figure out whether people are interested in Wisconsin? Well, more people coming to our website and spending time on our website learning about what it is we have in Wisconsin mm-hmm. is one of the best indicators for us on increased awareness and intent to travel. We just, uh, the end of October, marked the fifth consecutive month of a record high, record high website sessions per month, over 1 million sessions per month each month in the last five months. That's a new high uh, for the department. And our summer and fall campaigns outperformed previous years, summer specifically, uh, which we're really excited about, which of course is our high season. the display ad performance is up 68%, social media performance is up 93%, and exposed arrivals, which we just spoke about as mm-hmm. being the people who saw an ad and came into the state, exposed arrivals are up 22% over last summer. So we know what this means. We know this means that our work is having an impact, and we expect you know, to see really positive uh, results in our year-end reports. Uh, of course, you know we have to be patient and wait for them to come out. Very excited to see that, and the team is too. Uh, but we're confident that these these metrics are telling the story that we know to be true, and that is the work we're doing is making a difference. So most of the people listening to this probably live in Wisconsin or have been to Wisconsin because it is about Wisconsin. Yeah. But assuming there might be a few people listening who are not Wisconsin residents or maybe haven't been here, why should people come to Wisconsin? What's your pitch? Oh, Jesse, where do I begin? <laughs> well, first and foremost, if you've never been to Wisconsin, please know that when people come to Wisconsin for the first time, they say, I had no idea this place was so cool. <laughs> and that is consistently what we hear throughout the state. It's surprise and delight. I wish I had been here sooner. That's one. Don't take my word for it. 
Take all those people's word for it. <laughs> um, the number one reason people come to the state of Wisconsin is our outdoor recreation. I mentioned earlier uh, in the podcast, over 15,000 lakes. We have Lake Michigan and Lake Superior, and of course we have the mighty Mississippi on our western border. We have a lot of water to play in and a lot of, a lot of great places around the state to recreate. Whether you're on, in, or near the water, Wisconsinites find a way to have a great time. Um, so if you like to be outside, even if you're not particularly active, Wisconsin is a fantastic place to do that. Nearly half the state is covered in forests, so that means if you like to play outside, regardless of season, you got pretty good cover. In fact, uh, we are a four-season destination, and what we see is that the variation in visitation from winter to summer, while of course there's a bit of a difference, mm -hmm. we see that it isn't as extreme as, the, as you might think. Huh. So day trips and overnights, uh, we see in the winter dip uh, really only slightly, but still it's over 21% of our total uh, visitation over the year is still happening kind of in the winter months. So what we know is people come here because of the things that they can do that they cannot do back home and the accessibility and frankly, the affordability of recreation in the state of Wisconsin is definitely a high point. So everywhere you go, you can have fun. Now, don't forget, we Wisconsinites like our food and beverage. We have a farming heritage, which means our food and beverage comes straight from where it started, which mm -hmm. means it's fresh, it's artisan, uh, and we're very, very proud of that. So it's a, it's a place to kind of come and uh, spread your wings on food, beverage, activity, and uh, friends and family. Well, that sets up, us up pretty well for the lightning round. Are you ready for it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> You've been preparing for this. I ready think. as I'll yes. ever be. Good. Okay. Well, now I, and I, I kind of, I kind of feel bad that my bookends to this round are like the stereotypical, this is all people think Wisconsin is, but mm. there's a lot in between. So we'll start with what is your favorite Wisconsin beer? Uh, honestly, my answer is anything Porter. Anything right. dark, dark, dark. Yeah. I love trying really dark beers at any of the microbrews around the state. And in my job, I'm not allowed to have a favorite one. True. Even if true. I had one, mm -hmm. it's not a great look. No. But honestly, <laughs> I'll try a porter anytime anybody puts it in front of my okay. face. So um, I really like a dark that. beer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You might be the first person to go with a dark beer on this mm. question. Everybody always love dark play. beers. It's like yeah. a sandwich in every beer. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a good good way to put it. Um, so you probably can't choose a favorite vacation destination in the state because, again, bad luck for your position. But <laughs> is there a, a place that's really special to you or a place that you've vacationed maybe more than others in Wisconsin? Well, I love thinking back to uh, the trips that we took when I was a little kid. I'm the third of four kids in a six-person family and a station wagon built for five and a half, maybe. <laughs> uh, facing backwards in an old wood-sided you know, station wagon, we went to all the state parks all over the state um, and we had all the stickers for every year going up the side of that uh, windshield so I loved probably dreaded at times as a kid the the hikes we did all over the state mm -hmm. um, and some of my favorite memories in state parks include um, you know a hike around the lake and up the the bluff at Devil's Lake but also Newport State Park and uh, Kohler Andre mm -hmm. are some of my favorites uh, in terms of beach and water. But honestly, you can find me any point in time on, in, or near the water just about any time of year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have a, a favorite place that you've traveled outside of Wisconsin? Oh, so many. <laughs> I always will choose Wisconsin when I can. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but um, I am definitely a world traveler that, um, that will never, ever go away for me. Uh, top three, I would say, are New Zealand, uh, 
um, well, I will lump in Australia, although they would kill me for doing that. <laughs> um, Fiji. Ooh. And Thailand. Very cool. Those are three incredible places that are so vastly different from what we know yeah. uh, in the U.S. Uh, and yet culture and topography and food and people. Uh, I just love going and just soaking it all up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you are traveling or if you're commuting, uh, do you listen to do you listen to anything? Do you do music, podcasts, radio, books on tape? I well, I spend a lot of time in the car mm-hmm. in this role, uh, and I am a, a podcast person for sure. Okay. I'm going to be adding this one even more to my <laughs> list. Um, I I definitely am addicted to 99% Invisible. Mm. It is um, the the host of it is named Roman Mars. He is a very creative minded but analytical person who. The idea behind it is the story behind the design of the things that we don't think about. Oh, so cool. why do things work the way they work? Why would yeah. why are things created the way they are? What's the story behind the story of why things are the way they are? So you you walk away feeling a little smarter, but mm-hmm. also entertained and um, curious, yeah. curious about the world. It helps me stay curious. I think it's a good mix. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any pets? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have four children. So yes, I have yes. four pets. No, uh, uh, I had a family dog for many, many years uh, until he was 13 and then no more. And so my heart still goes out mm-hmm. to Guinness, uh, pour one out for Guinness, uh, the dog, not the <laughs> beverage. And um, my hands are full with my four kids yeah. and my husband. Uh, so I'm really lucky. That, that is got a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the best concert that you've been to? Oh man, that's a really <laughs> tough one. Honestly, I well, so I saw Prince uh, years ago, and his, he did a concert in the round, and I still think that was one of my top experiences ever. And I have to say, part of a sort of a what would you call it a compilation concert? Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a concert many many years ago where Rage Against the Machine performed, and I will tell you that was one of the most intense and amazing performances I've ever seen. I've never seen a concert audience so completely transfixed for that amount of time as I did at that show. Now, it's a very uh, uh, aggressive sound. (laughs) Uh, I very much, uh, I mean, I I think it's an interesting uh, testament to what the experience was, but it truly was the concert experience that was so memorable for me. Um, And I hear they're getting back together. Might be kind of an interesting thing to see many decades later. <laughs> I have this like one specific Rage Against the Machine memory, which is I've never seen them, but I was seeing a Dave Matthews Band show at Alpine Valley the night after there had been a Rage Against the Machine concert, and it had rained, and so like the hill there just was uh, like a mudscape because it, of the intensity of the We're show. We're not going to talk about what year that was, but it may have been the same year. <laughs> that may have been the same year. Yes, it was a, uh, a mud fest. Yeah, that's and probably the one. And I think D&D was there the next yep. day. <laughs> okay. Well, All so right, was we just the next, m- missed yeah, each other. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> that is a, that's a great venue, too. Mm-hmm. So let's see. What have we not asked you? Wisconsin Bucket List. That's uh, I, I saw the book when I came in. This is one of my favorite questions to ask people. Is there something that you haven't done oh that you gosh. want to? Well, one of my dreams is to attend the Hudson Hot Air Fair and go up in a hot air balloon. Um, I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's in February each year, uh, and it takes place in Hudson, Wisconsin. And it is. It's a beautiful uh, hot air balloon festival, and I, I'm i looking forward to an opportunity to attend that. And then um, that's one. I mean, I went rock climbing off a cliff over the St. Croix River. I've gone snowmobiling. I'm, oh, bucket list, and I'm going to do it in February. The more people I tell, the make, it makes it harder for me to back out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing the half Berkabiner in February in Hayward. Yeah. Um, and I might not be able to walk for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. after that. But 
I'm excited to do that. That is, by all accounts, an absolutely incredible cultural and community experience to be yeah. there for that event. So that I'm really, that's fun. a bucket list for me. Perfect. Mm -hmm. The last question, what's your favorite Wisconsin cheese? All of them. All of them. Uh, no, I will always reach, I will always, always reach for a very aged cheddar, like a sharp, sharp, mm -hmm. sharp cheddar. Just a chunk of that, and you can keep me quiet for a while. <laughs> Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank this you. Great. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll be back every other Friday with new episodes, so please make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts so you can stay up to date. If you have feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at jessieopie, or you can email me at j-o-p-o-i-e-n at madison.com. You should also check out our other Cap Times podcasts like The Mad Splainers about local government and The Corner Table about food and drink in Madison. I hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.